So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. When your North Star is Jay-Z and Beyonce, then you got people that's like, well, would Jay-Z do it? I mean, Jay-Z technically slept with Nas' baby mama and did this and da-da-da, but he's still a billionaire. He's still this. Jay-Z technically did this to Beyonce or Jay-Z and Beyonce rock like this as a couple. It's like, who is your North Star? When your North Star is Diddy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, of course you're going to justify a whole bunch of behavior. Well, look at the type of relationship Diddy and Young Miami got. Mm. So if they could do that, it's all about who is your North Star. And that's the problem is you got people in hip-hop culture who will say the name God, say the word God, but that's not truly their North Star. You know, they've become their own North Star because they've gotten celebrity status. And they got so many people looking up to them that they've started to say, wow, I am the idol that I look up to and that I worship. We got to ask ourselves who our North Star is. Welcome to Harley Initiated. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson here with another episode with my co-host Ryan Ketchins. Yeah, you know, I think this was going to be very special because we're bringing on somebody that I know the single ladies want to hear from. Ooh, yeah. Ladies, let me it's tell y'all something. And fellas, everybody tune in right now. Step up. Get a little closer to the screen right now. Because if you know who this brother is already, you're excited. If you don't know, I'm blessed to be the one to introduce you. Mm. This brother right here <laughs> is a light in a dark space. Mm. The brother here is like gold in a wooden place. Mm. Put me on the track, dog. Mm. <laughs> Put me on the track, dog. That's a big ball. We are here rocking Believe that. with a gifted brother, okay? This brother here is an artist is a speaker, mm-hmm. is a transformational soul, y'all. Mm-hmm. And today, he gonna be here delivering a message to the family on the Harley Initiated platform. Welcome, D1, to the show. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate y'all so much you for having know. me, man. Like, it, it's, it's a lot of synergy that I can tell that we have, and that's why this stood out to me in terms of like, oh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go on that show, like, for sure, because... There's, there's a lot of synergy that I think y'all audience really appreciates when people come on here and just be authentic, man. Yeah. You know, and so I so look, for all the people, I know y'all told them, like, oh, it's going to be an honor to have him. I might make some people mad today, you know, so Ooh. I don't want nobody to feel like, hey, I'm about to agree with everything D1 going to say, but just know it's coming from a pure place. It's coming from my heart. It's coming from lived experiences, and it's coming from a space of me wanting uh, our community and just humanity in general to be better when it comes to love, relationships, and our relationship with uh, hip-hop culture. Man. I like that, bro. And uh, that's, I mean, that's the reason why we had to get you on the show. Yeah. And um, also that you're a single man. You're a mm-hmm. single Christian man. Mm-hmm. And we've had singles on the show. But the ladies, they don't, they don't really have that respect for the single men we bring on the show because it's an assumption that they're out casual dating, mm-hmm. they run in the streets. So they typically prefer to hear from somebody who is already in a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about you, I think you're very special, is because you're not somebody that's actively 
in a long-term committed relationship in terms of marriage, mm-hmm. but you don't come off as somebody who just casually dates. You right. don't come off as somebody who is kind of willing Casually doing anything. Casually, casually doing anything. Right. Yeah. So as a man of intention and a man of high character, which is obvious from the content and the message that you put out, mm-hmm. it only makes sense to bring you on the show, and I think that's a very unique perspective that we haven't really touched yet. Yes, yes. And, and what we're going to do for the audience is we're going to get y'all a bit of this brother's background. Before we get into the good stuff, before we get into this great conversation we're going to have, y'all got to know the core of this brother, mm-hmm. where he from, how he started, mm-hmm. because I got a special place in my heart for my teachers, man, for my educators. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. used to literally have one of my favorite teachers always say, Ty, you're going to be a teacher one day. Wow. And I said, no, the hell I'm not. Not in this school system because they ain't making no damn money. Right, yeah, but, right, yeah, yeah. but he was right. Yeah. He was right because I'm teaching in a whole different way, in a whole different form fashion but you was in the school system you was in them trenches with the kids and now you literally on the mics believe that teaching i'm still teaching in a whole nother way so so tell me about that man take me back to when you was in the school system H- how was that experience for you as a teacher really hand-to-hand dealing with the kids in that way i'm from new orleans louisiana i went to lsu for college I went there at first, I was an engineering major because uh, my mama told me they make a lot of money and that was the way out of poverty, you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm gonna be an engineer. I didn't even know what an engineer was though, you know? Thankfully, I had a, <laughs> I, I, I had a rough freshman year. All in one year, my best friend got murdered. My girlfriend cheated on me with a football player. Um, my roommate started selling dope and I got cut from LSU's basketball team all in one year, right? Mm. I could have found a lot of things. I could have found guns, drugs. I could have found, you know, just a whole lot. I found God, though. You know what I mean? Got serious about my walk with God. That led me to where I just started realizing, man, life is short, man. My best friend just got murked. You know what I mean? He ain't here no more. My my senior year in college, um, me and my boy playing one-on-one on the basketball court right off LSU's campus. Three dudes run up to us, and they asked us, if we saw somebody break into their homeboy's car, right? And their homeboy is somebody really famous, to tell y'all the truth. Um, and we was like, nah, we've we, we been over here hooping. They, two of them believed us, and they walked off. One little dude in the middle was like, man, y'all lying, y'all lying. He pulled a gun out, right? And he put the gun on my temple, telling me, like, he about to blow my brains out, basically. That encounter that I had with death, I made it out because... A random girl, white girl, she was walking to her apartment on the second floor and she looked down on the basketball court and saw this happening and she said, oh my God, like she gasped, you know what I mean? Wow. Them hearing her do that, they all got spooked and it was like, man, that girl, you know, that's a witness. You know, if y'all do something, not somebody done witnessed it. So they put the gun up, they ran off, you know. Almost lost my life that day in real time. You know, I had that medal on my temple, you know what I mean? So with that being said, I, uh, I got to the point where... I just wanted to make impact with my life. And regardless if I live 100 more years or if I live, you know, one more week, I was like, I got to do what's going to allow me to make impact. That led me to changing my major while I was in college and saying I wanted to become a teacher. So I knew how much our students were being miseducated by the school system. And I knew that a lot of black men don't want to be teachers because it's not a profession that's glorified. It's not a profession that pays a lot. I was making $39,000 a year when I first started teaching, mm. um, fresh out of college. I thought, I thought that was good until I looked at what my friends that was engineers was making. You know what I mean? 80 racks, 100 racks, fresh out of college. But I felt purpose in that job. I felt, uh, I felt like every day I was seeing light bulbs come on in the minds of these students that I was teaching. 
both academically but also relationally because they're able to see someone who loves them who they can relate to who's showing up for them on a daily basis mm -hmm. so i was teaching by day and by night i was pursuing a rap career that nobody knew about i kept it a secret from the students kept it a secret from the principal but the reason why is because all my students was memorizing lil wayne lil boosie kevin gates lyrics you know what i'm saying more than they could memorize multiplication and long division so i was like hip-hop is really the the best teaching tool that there is. So if I could make it as a hip hop artist, that would that would make it to where the work I'm doing in the classroom as a teacher is just going to be amplified by the platform that I have by being a successful rapper. After two years of teaching, I caught a uh, I caught. You know, I caught that bug where I felt like, man, you're only going to be this young once. If you're ever going to stop teaching to try to pursue the music, now is the time. And I felt like that was the time because one of my students came in class. He had M.O.B. tattooed on him. You heard me? Mm. M.O.B. stand for money over mm. B.I.T.C.H. Wait, what, what grade was this? This was He was an A grader. On his chest? On it, no, he got it on his arm. Wow, okay. Yeah, so had it tattooed on him. Middle schooler, right? I said, man, what made you get that tattoo? I said, you know what that mean, right? He looked at me. No, 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 sir, Mr. Augustine. Uh, uh, I don't know what it mean. And I could tell he was telling the truth. I was like, then why did you get it tatted on you? Because his favorite rapper, Lil Wayne, has M.O.B. tatted on his chest. Wow. And he wanted to be like his favorite rapper. So wow. he just thought the tattoo looked cool. So I'm seeing students make permanent decisions based on the lifestyles of people who ain't even telling the truth in their rhymes a lot of times. Number two, who don't care oftentimes about the impact that they're having on their audience. So that made me say, oh, I see a very dark space that we all infatuated with. It's called the hip-hop music industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to be there. You heard me? Yeah, I'm in the classroom. I, this is a dark space too, but it's real dark over there. I need to be there. You feel me? So that's when I said, man, after this year, I ain't going to quit on them in the middle of the school year, but after the school year, I got to get over there. I'm going to make this music work. You know what I'm saying? When I quit teaching, brothers, I had never made a dime off of rap music. It wasn't like I had a record deal waiting for me. It wasn't like I was making a bunch of bread already and making a living. I wasn't making a dime. So I went two years after teaching, making a living off, just living off my savings. You know what I'm saying? Living yeah. off my savings, getting it out the mud, driving back and forth from New Orleans to Atlanta, handing out flyers, handing out mixtapes, meeting all the people out here, going to Club Crucial and Bankhead, meeting Jason mm -hmm. Jeter, B. Rich, that was B.O.B.'s manager, all these mm -hmm. people, running into DJ Drama, Young Jeezy, all these people, DJ Greg Street, trying to get on. A music video where I was criticizing three of the giants in hip-hop culture, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, and Lil Wayne, I did a music video to my song, J-50 and Wheezy. That mother went viral. That was my first time ever going viral, wow. right? That's after two years of not teaching, and really my savings is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and I'm like, dang, something got to shake. I went viral with that. That mother changed my life overnight. All of a mm. sudden, I got record labels offering me deals. I got Jason Jeter start managing me, T.I.'s manager. So I'm with Grand Hustle now. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a space where it's like, dang, I got my foot in the door. I got my toe in the door. You hear me? I bet I got my toe in the door. I got a look. And off of that look, I didn't turn that. That was in 2010 or 11. Mm. I didn't turn that into a long, illustrious career. I didn't, you know, I'm at Harvard University now. I've been, you know. You're from, uh, teaching at Harvard University, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I want to because they teaching. know you ain't a student yeah, at no, Harvard I ain't University. No, 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 even no, one no. up. Even one up. Yeah, yeah, make sure you get it right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, so that's 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 powerful, brother. And I'm, uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So that was my beginnings, though, was as a teacher. So I still feel like I'm an edutainer. You know, I'm an educator 
and an entertainer. But the edu part comes first because I'm a I'm an educator first and an entertainer second. That's an incredible Man, story, bro. Incredible. Yeah, I um, because I know I'm sure Tyshawn wants to dig into because we we all can agree how hip hop plays a vital role in uh, the grooming of mm-hmm. how we operate when it, you know in terms of the relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I, I did want to ask you because you mentioned this near death experience. Yeah. You got a weapon to your yeah. your, your membrane, right? Yeah. Now I know that changed your life in that moment, but do you think that? Because there's a lot of people that want to change their life. Do you think uh, a person has to go through that level of trauma for the flip to switch, for them to make a decision to change their life? Absolutely not. Okay. No. I don't want everybody out here thinking, well, when is my near-death experience going to happen? Because that'll wake me up. (laughs) No, indeed, bro. That just made me want to get more intentional about my career after college Mm. and, and not just chasing money. But as far as what shaped my mindset, it wasn't near-death experiences. It was actually very life-giving experiences, very uh, spirit-edifying experiences. I went to Ghana as a 13-year-old, growing up in the hoods of New Orleans, but I was blessed to be able to go to Ghana. I entered this like this contest, and there was a nonprofit in New Orleans that would bring kids to Africa as for, for a cultural exchange trip. So as a 13-year-old, when some of my partners jumping off the porch, starting to sell dope, starting to tote guns and all that, and I'm, you know, flirting with it as well, I get to go to Ghana, and that three-week experience changed my outlook. That wasn't mm-hmm. a near-death experience, you know? You know what else changed my outlook? It's for my entire life having a black man in my house married to a black woman. Faithful to her. They've been married for 40 years at this point. Seeing my daddy wake up. He ain't go to college. She's a welder. You know, wake up, go to work every day, get off of work, come making it in time for my baseball practices or my basketball games. And seeing this, having a grandpa who was married to my grandma for 66 years, you know what I'm saying? And seeing him wake up every day before he go do anything, get on his knees and pray Mm. every day. So me seeing that. So this was my reality. These life-giving experiences uh, shaped who I am more so than one near-death experience. Man, I get that. I, I, get I that. see how seeing a man in your household loving and being faithful to a woman and even being in submission to something greater than himself as a kid is, is I mean, immense. I can imagine the impact that has. And, and, speak, and speaking of impact, because the, you said it earlier, the impact that hip-hop has on the students is incredible. Even myself, I mean, I'm, I'm even to this day impacted by hip-hop because I'm still a fan of the art in many different ways. And I want to know because for you now, I, I, I got to get your expertise on this, man, because we're seeing a lot on a day-to-day basis in our world today. And I want to get a better understanding of how you feel hip-hop has a hand in what we see. And more specifically, for our audience, I want to keep it relevant to what we see in our households and our families, mm. right? Mm. We got... I hear a lot of people say there's no love in music no more. Mm. It's no romance. Mm. It's sex music. Mm. It's lust music. Yep. It's not, you know, intimacy. It's intensity. Mm. That's really all that you hear in the, in the space. And do you feel that the type of music that's being produced has affected how we go about relationships on a day-to-day basis? Absolutely, bro. You got people that's learning how to have sex from rap songs. <laughs> I learned what running a train was, not that I've ever run a train, but I've <laughs> learned about what running a train was from the Hot Boys song called Keisha. 
It was Lil Wayne's song on his album, The Black Is Hot, featuring yeah. Juvenile, BG, and Turk. And they talk about running a train on a chick named Keisha. I didn't know what running no train was, man. I was, you know, I was a kid when that came out. So, of course, uh, people are learning how to have sex and how to approach the opposite sex, how to holler at the opposite sex, how to do all this stuff from hip-hop music and hip-hop culture. Anytime you got Lotto on stage acting like she giving somebody head, you mm -hmm. heard me, with the microphone, and she's on stage at the Rolling Loud Festival, and, and she's acting like she giving somebody head, you think little girls ain't looking at that being like, oh, bet, well, that's my favorite rapper, so if that's what she doing with her time on stage, that must be what I got to do when I get in that position with a dude. Or maybe it makes me curious to want to get in that position mm -hmm. with a dude as a young woman watching that. When you got Janelle Monet. Very smart, educated, talented woman. But when she get on stage at Essence Fest and she choose to lift her shirt up and show her breasts, she know that, that that's, they call it sexual liberation, but it's really just, you just trying to go viral. That's all that is. But you got all these women that's like, bet, um, young women that's like, bet, I guess that's not inappropriate behavior. When you got Megan Thee Stallion turning Essence Fest into a twerk fest, man, you got women thinking, young women thinking that that's acceptable behavior. And that's considered real. And then the media going to put her on the cover of all these magazines. You know what I'm saying? She's woman of the year here and, and wins this award for this and all that. Of course, hip-hop culture. And that's just the women, bro. Let's not talk about the men who are constantly disrespecting women in the music. And we've normalized the men saying, you know, the biggest rapper in the world, Drake, talking about Girls Want Girls Where I'm From, featuring Lil Baby, and, and you putting this on your album. Drake goes on tour with 21 Savage. You got a big old piece of sperm flying over you and over the crowd through mm. your set. Imagine, like, it's impossible for adolescents to not be impacted and influenced by this. Like, the, the degradation of women in hip-hop culture has become so normalized that we just act like... We act like you are lame if you just want to be with one woman. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. of course. And even, and the last point I'll make is, I saw that Uncle Luke from the 2 Live crew, he was upset by what Janelle Monae did with just flashing her breasts, right? right? During Essence Fest. So he made a comment like, what's wrong with this woman? Uncle Luke, as, a, as an elder statesman inside hip-hop culture now, cool, I respect that you spoke up about it, but you also owe people an apology. Because if you're no longer advocating for that type of behavior, you got to speak for all the music that you put out over the years. You're a pioneer. That celebrated and pioneered that type of behavior. And that's no disrespect to Uncle Luke, but that's me as a grown man at this point. I'm not, I don't look up to none of these people. So I'm not a dude that's like, oh, well, I'm just getting in the game. I'm just a rookie, so I got to, you know, show respect. No, I'm going to show you respect because you are a human being that God created, but I don't look up to none of y'all. Wait, wait, so, 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 so D1, so let me ask you this, because I get what you're saying about Uncle Luke. So my question is, is it not okay for a man to engage in promiscuous behavior or kind of be in the streets, but still say, hey, it's some women that's for the streets, but these other women, I'm still, can, can he still be disappointed in women that go to the streets? Can he be in the streets and still be disappointed in women who join him in the streets? Bro. Heck no, man. Mm. That's not that's not possible. You can't have it both ways. Y'all got to keep in mind, y'all talking to a man of God right now. Mm. That don't mean I'm perfect. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, I'm far from perfect. I still got vices and things that I struggle with in real time. But y'all talking to a man of God, and my North Star is God. My North Star is Jesus Christ. When your North, when your North Star is Jay-Z and Beyonce, then you got people that's like, well... 
Would Jay-Z do it? I mean, Jay-Z technically slept with Nas' baby mama and did this and da-da-da, but he's still a billionaire. He's still this. Jay-Z technically did this to Beyonce, or Jay-Z and Beyonce rock like this as a couple. It's like, who is your North Star? When your North Star is Diddy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, of course you're going to justify a whole bunch of behavior. Well, look, look at the type of relationship Diddy and Young Miami got. Mm. So if they could do that, it's all about who is your North Star. And that's the problem is you got people in hip-hop culture who will say the name God, say the word God, but that's not truly their North Star. You know, they've become their own North Star because they've gotten celebrity status. And they got so many people looking up to them that they've started to say, wow, I am the idol that I look up to and that I worship. We got to ask ourselves who our North Star is. Uh, for- why, why, why is. Why is Christianity, religion, God, mm-hmm. structure, why is that taking a back seat to hip hop? Is it simply because we consume more hip hop than religious works? Now, nah, the Bible just- done went platinum multiple times. You know what I'm saying? The Bible done went uh, platinum too many times to count. I mean, mm. it's the best selling book in the whole world. It ain't about that. But the Bible does not make room for ratchetness and righteousness. Mm. But black culture does, and hip-hop culture does. It makes room to be ratchet and righteous. There's literally a popular... I I saw Christians (laughs) posting about that stuff. I'm righteous and ratchet. Man, well, forget y'all. We ain't on the same team because I'm real righteous and relevant. You heard me? That's what I am. I'm not righteous and ratchet. Like, what are y'all talking about? But black culture, I'm not pro-black more than I'm pro-God. Mm. And I don't care what black people think You know what I'm saying Am yeah. I black Am I proud to be black Yes But I'm not pro-black More than I'm pro-God man Because being pro-black Will allow for a bunch of foolish Ratchet behavior That in the name of blackness We all celebrate it Y'all know that man We go to these conferences man By day Everybody in the big ballroom Or at the auditorium Doing Getting financial literacy And this that and the third But by night Everybody getting loaded Drunk And seeing who they could go smash You heard me mm-hmm. Come on man that's that, but that's black culture. That's hip hop culture. That's hip hop culture. So that's my thing. Is like, yo, I'm in the culture, but I ain't of the culture, you know. And people gotta know that. So that's the problem. Is too many people don't have that alternative to say, well, well, yeah, I'm I'm not of this either. For some people, hip hop culture is their north star. That's the that's the top of the totem pole for them. For some people. Financial literacy is the top of the totem pole. What yeah. about morality? What about your moral compass? Let me ask you. Tyshawn mentioned. He said, "I'm still a fan of hip hop. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was bumping some Future on the way here. Mm-hmm. Now in my mind, shame on you. When, Let me stop. When Future, <laughs> said, when, when Future said something like, "Bitch, don't get too comfortable. You know, fuck on the bitch, then we lay up. You know, in my mind, it is this level of empowerment." That comes with it. And this is me being very honest with you. Mm. Now, in my mind, I'm not necessarily going, I'm not necessarily executing on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in my mind, is it makes me feel like, hey, I got options. Hey, you know what? If I got something negative going on with a with a chick, it's all good because fuck on the bitch and we lay up. Mm, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But is that is that wrong? Can I not can I not listen to his music and feel good about it? But then also you know, I guess it's ratchet and righteous. I guess. See what it's I mean? Like, it's like can I listen to can I listen to it, but not necessarily adopt everything 
exactly how he he puts it out. Well, that's the problem, bro, is we have this selective outrage. We choose, well, like, if somebody did that to your mama and called your mama that and, and referred to your little sister like that, it's like we'll be outraged, you know what I'm saying? Right. Selectively. But then we want to make room for, like, but when I just feel like effing on a B and then laying up, you know, and, yeah. and just bumping that, I feel like I got to carve out a little space. So it's this phenomenon. It's narration versus glorification Versus education. Mm. And we got to ask ourselves, what role does the artist inside of hip hop play? Some artists just say, hey, I'm simply narrating the conditions of society as it already is. Mm -hmm. Future is glorifying it. Future is saying, hey, these are the conditions. I'm not narrating. I'm glorifying this. I just F your girl in some Gucci, Gucci flip flops. flops right. You know what I'm saying? Bam. I'm glorifying it. Then there's people who are educating, who, who may be saying, hey, maybe I used to live like this, but now I'm educating y'all to show y'all that ain't how I'm living no more. You know what I'm saying? That's my thing. It's like education doesn't like allow for people to not have made mistakes mm. when you choose to say I'm going to educate. But what type of educator do you want to be? You know, like, like I take my flaws, I take my mistakes, and I say, well, A, I got to actively be trying to work on them and get better. But what's my incentive to work on my vices and my flaws if I have a culture and if I got millions of people that celebrate me for those same flaws? Well, why does that make me feel good? Why does listening to that type of music that, I'll be honest, uh, at times glorifies drug use, glorifies violence and, 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 and weapons and, and degrades women. Why, when I get a big sale, when I hit that major accomplishment, why do I want to put that music on? Two reasons. One, the devil is crafty. The devil ain't going to tempt you with stuff that's not uh, appealing to your senses. Mm. The devil <laughs> is very crafty. The devil ain't going to put food down here that... Taste nasty that's bad for us. No, all the food that's the worst for us tastes the best. You heard me? All, all, all the women that's the worst for us, it says it in the Bible. If she got them, them wet, juicy lips that's sweet as honey, oh, you better beware. You heard me? Stay away from her. All the most promiscuous sex. Man, let's open Instagram right now. You heard me? Look, let me open this thing. I'm just opening on my explore page. I promise you, Tyshawn, I don't know none of these women, dog. <laughs> look, look, I just opened this on the Explore page. The Explore page, dangerous. It's like, bet. I see five right there. Just on, just on, just on the Explore page. I see five right there. Yeah, I they, see them too. They all tempting. I Attacking bet you, you. I bet, uh, man, they definitely was put here. She was definitely put here to, to, to attack me and try yeah, to get me yeah. off, uh, off brand. Me now I got you. <laughs> Look at this, man. And so we see that. So that's the one reason why that music and why that type of temptation is so appealing to us. Because the devil doing his job. Mm. The devil is doing his job. That's why we get so tempted by the the women or the pro the promiscuity uh, as well as the uh, the ratchetness inside of hip hop or just all of the most salacious stuff. That's why these platforms exist and they 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 the most popular platforms in the world because they're full of mess and drama and people are attracted to that. So now it's like, how do you make doing the right thing you know cool and appealing to people? That's that's what I've chosen to be my life's work. It's like I want to be an alternative. The second reason is because there's not enough people who are working as hard as the devil is working to say, I'm going to counteract what the enemy is doing with what God wants more. Wow. There's not people that, yeah, a lot of godly people are lazy. 
They feel wow. like, man, I mean, God got me, you know, I'm, I'm doing my little part to do some, some righteous things in the world. So I just want to stay in this little peaceful space. The devil outworking us. The, the devil outworking and outwitting us. You heard me? So for me, I'm like, man, look, don't, I'm not, I never have been a person that's just been like, I'm just going to be in the church because I know I got a godly message. Man, my first tour was with Young Dro. Killer Mike and Pac Div. After that, I was with Macklemore. After that, I, I opened up for Lil Wayne, opened up for Drake, did all this. Like, one of my best friends in the music industry, Lupe Fiasco, he a Muslim. I never said I'm going to stay safe in a Christian space. But not because I just want to be popular, but because I know, like, man, healthy people don't need a doctor. Mm. Sick people do. We got a whole culture that's sick. And they think that they're healthy because they got a bunch of people they're looking up to and a bunch of music they're bumping that's very appealing to them. So my thing is like, man, I need to be over there. I got to do double duty. You know what I'm saying? I need to be over here rocking with my people that's on the same mission as me. But I, I feel a calling to be over there. I've always been attracted to the trenches because I'm from it. I taught in it. I could relate to it. So what would you say to the person that says, hey, I sell debauchery. I sell sex, you know, man or woman. Because if I do, I can achieve a level of success so I can give so I can then give back to the community. Yeah, you got life effed up. You got life effed up, man. That's not what life is all about. You can't do the devil's work and then try to serve God at the end. Okay, I'm gonna do the devil's work the whole time to get the riches, to get the rewards, and then I'm gonna serve God with it. What you doing? Oh, you robbing Peter to pay Paul? That mm. ain't what Jesus did. Black culture justify that type of behavior. Mm. You heard me? Hip-hop culture will justify that type of behavior. Just, but the word of God won't justify that. I never saw Jesus do the devil's work in order to ultimately serve God at the end. It's super double-minded when you really think about it. Like, none of it is, it, it aligns in general. It's, it, all, it's a bunch of confusion. It's a bunch of confusion, and the devil is the author of what? Confusion. Mm. There you go. And, you know, and see, we see confusion everywhere, too. We even see confusion in the entertainment space and unfortunately the entertainment space has become like you said the north star for our relationships yeah when we think about the type of relationships we want we don't say i want to have a relationship like larry and jill over there on the corner or shanice and brandon over there in the corner we say all we want set and cardi b we want all right. set and cardi b we want right. jay-z and beyonce we want russell all wilson things. and sierra russell wilson and Megan sierra Megan good and devon we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it because it's, yeah, it's about to get good y'all right but the, i, I want to ask you this because this is recent something that we see right now going on we see Kiki, one of the newest relationships. Shout out to Kiki Palmer. If y'all seen what took place online, if y'all have not, y'all under a rock, I'm going to let y'all know. Kiki was approached by Usher at her performance. She was dressed in a provocatively provocative outfit, kind of had the, uh, the, the, the ass out a little bit in, in the outfit, breast as well. Was approached by Usher, had the googly eyes on. He sang to her. And her husband went to a tweet online. Her boyfriend. Uh, I'm sorry. For, boyfriend. Yeah. Boyfriend went to a tweet online and he said something like, it's the outfit, dot, 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 you a mom. And then even doubled down on it and made Very another passive statement. Very passive aggressive, by the way. Very passive aggressive. Which is feminine. And mm -hmm. then he came out with another tweet following, I think it was a, a day or so later. He said, we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife of a mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told... How much of a hater he is. Mm. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. But it seems like online he is being shamed for being insecure and for not letting his woman 
pretty much operate whatever how she's consistently been operating mm. in the past mm. now i'm curious to know your, your, your thoughts on this d1 because it seems like in this in this society one in general we in a more liberating society for women where it's like yo you go girl you go ahead you do what you want to do he shouldn't be able to stop you. It's your body. It's your choice. He should accept you as you are. He should accept you as you are. And if not, he's insecure, so on and so forth. It's the common narrative in the comments. Anywhere you look at where these conversations happen, you'll see that happening. I want to know your thoughts on not just the situation, but even let's go deeper than that. Do you feel like in 2023, it's against, I guess, the standard for a man to set boundaries on what his woman should and should not be doing. Yeah, them women gonna try to do that to weak men and and try to shame a man uh, out of having standards for his relationship and out of being able to be the leader who sets the standard. First of all, to have standards as a man and to expect standards, you should be prepared to, uh, to set the standard hmm. by your actions and your behavior. Let's say that first and foremost, right? So a woman is called to submit to her husband in marriage as he submits to God. So you can't be out here being like, like future and being like, hey, 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 you know uh, it's saying in the Bible, you supposed to submit to me like da, 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 da. Meanwhile, she could easily be like, but are you trying your best to submit to God? And when it's clear that your fruit that your life is producing and your content that your life is producing are not showing uh, a reverence for and a submission to God, then it negates you being able to expect your woman to submit, right? So that's what I would say first and foremost to that. I definitely think that women who want to be sexually liberated uh, at the expense of a man being able to have an opinion on that, they really want a beta male and they just need to come out and say it. Because... Mm. That's not considered being insecure if, as a man, you're just like, I don't want my women, woman flaunting all her goods out there for social media and for the public to see, let mm. alone being googly-eyed over another dude just because they're in the public. Like, no man that is really a leader is going to be okay with that at all. But as far as how you communicate that to your woman, you should be able to do that behind closed doors. Right. I feel like when you go on social media and you speak about it, it implies that you may not feel like you have the respect of your woman behind closed doors. So maybe you say it on social media, hoping that you'll get a bunch of uh, people coming to your defense and a bunch of cheerleaders agreeing with you. You know, so these women who want to be sexually liberated. My thing is like, um, what is y'all North Star? Their North Star can't be God's word. Because if it was God's word, they wouldn't be trying to justify all that ratchetness. Now, what if they say, I mean, sexual liberation is extra. It was just a little outfit. It was mm -hmm. just a little provocative outfit. It's the same thing outfit. that you would wear, you know, wear her ass out. The same thing that you would wear to a swimming pool. What, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I even, I, bro, I feel, like, uh, I feel like beach culture uh, oftentimes makes room for clothing that would not be acceptable anywhere else. And I've mm -hmm. had these talks with women before. So I don't feel like it's okay. Oh, so you're going to wear a thong. Like literally, basically, you're wearing nothing. You're wearing a little slim line in between your, 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 your booty cheeks. Um, the left and, cheek and right cheek. <laughs> yeah, and just because you're on the beach, like that's, the, that, that's considered acceptable behavior. I don't rock with that. You know, I, I don't rock with that, yo. Um, it's, 
it's just tough, man. It's a free for all. It's a free for all. And the women who want to talk about this sexual liberation and this is what a real man, you a woman. How you going to tell somebody what a real man? Like, what is your North Star as a woman? If your North Star isn't God's word, if your North Star is your idea of what a real man is, then I don't take that stuff serious. Like, you not, your, your opinion ain't, ain't, ain't valid just because, yeah, so all that, all that stuff online, you already know how I'm rocking, bro. Like, that stuff, that stuff is not cool. It shouldn't be acceptable in the, in the name of sexual liberation to dress any kind of way. Even if your dude is cool with you being a certain type of way, your dude's job is to make you more presentable to God. It mm. literally says that in the word. That is your dude's job is that by you being with him, you have become more presentable to God at the end of your life. So if you if you were a weak dude that's just a yes man that's letting you wear the pants in the relationship and he just saying yes to everything you want to say and do, he not doing his job. Weakening you. He's weakening you. He's not wow. making you more presentable. That means you'll show up in front of God at the end of life with a thong on. Talking about, what's up, God? I'm ready to enter them gates, you know and, and God's sitting there like, man, how did this happen? How did we get here? <laughs> and he's he going to look at the dude that you was with like, oh, that's how we got here. So, so, so let me ask you this, though, because what I've noticed, man, with people, especially in relationships, we have these social contracts. We got... I expect you to do something. You expect me to do something. And sometimes we're not always on the same page. Okay. And what happens is, too, in relationships, a good example, we see it happen all the time. A dude dating a young lady, you know, he might be having sex, still dating, doing his thing. Next thing you know, she elevates him to a certain place in her, in, in her life. So now she may expect him to be exclusive now. I don't expect you. My contract changed. My terms changed on mine but it may not have changed on his. We have now some dissension in it. And I think that can happen on the other end of the spectrum as well. A man gives a woman a child. He didn't give her a ring. Mm. They're not married. But he gave her a child. You are now a mother. Mm. So my social contract, which you changed, my expectations of you have changed. Is it fair to say as soon as a woman becomes a mother, she should change how she moves and operates? Or should he, as a man... Would have he should just expect her to operate just as he was prior, just as she was just prior. Just as she was prior. I would hope that she would want to change at that point. When you're looking at a reflection of yourself, and when you're like, wow, this is a blessing from God. This wasn't a miscarriage. This wasn't something to where I passed away during labor and trying to give birth. Clearly, this is a blessing from God, you know. It's not easy for people to get pregnant. Ovulation only, uh, you know, it is uh, occurs for a certain amount of time. The fact that this baby made it all the way here, hopefully she would want to change on her mm -hmm. own, you know. And the same for the dude. Like, there were a lot of babies who were born uh, through some unrighteous means and circumstances, but that doesn't mean that that child is unrighteous in and of itself. So that means that the parents should, like, what kind of moral compass do you have as a parent if you want to continue to glorify a bunch of foolishness when you have had a child, like what, what does that say about you as a parent? Mm. What does that say? I, I look at these celebrities and I just see like, dang, y'all got children who are A, looking up to y'all. So you got indirect children mm. who are fans of yours and you don't care about them. You don't care about the impact you having on them. You got people on the BET Awards with a stage full of lips and they riding on top of the lips. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. And like, this is the BET awards. They call this culture's biggest night. You know what I'm saying? Like it's straight buffoonery, bro. So mm. 
what is it that makes everybody want to have that that moment to where they say, whoa, my priorities in life are different now. Like, like what is it? And and that would be my question to the culture and to, to everyone. It's like, what is it? I think, first of all, we got to stop being so lukewarm as a people. We are so lukewarm. We have this selective outrage when we want to get mad at something or somebody made a statement. Oh, somebody said, uh... Somebody said the N-word that wasn't black. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we got to get them, get them. You know what that is. Meanwhile, we are cool with degrading ourselves and degrading our women and and just having this this, this standard of hip-hop culture that's constantly glorifying murder, glorifying drug usage, drug selling, and we cool with it. Bro, I'm watching the BET Awards. I'm like, bro, the whole culture is hype right now because Offset and Quavo... Or paying tribute to their fallen comrade, their brother, take off, you right, know what I'm saying, right. for getting killed. But then when you listen to the lyrics of the song that they are performing, they're talking about cooking up dope with a Uzi, you know what I'm saying? They're talking about, the, yeah, they got 100 rounds in their in guns the and all this. And he actually this passed is the away tribute. from gun violence. Right. The irony. How broken are we as a people, man? Right. And nobody talks about that. We sitting there celebrating it as culture's biggest night. I didn't had an employee, a black employee at RCA Records before call around the whole country to advocate to get OT Genesis. I'm in love with the Coco music played. You know what I'm saying? When that song was out. This when I was signed to RCA. And after they finished doing that and calling every radio station in the country, they looked at me and said, I don't even let my own kids listen to that. Wow. But this is just their job. They look at it like it's just their job. It's capitalism. It's capitalism at its finest, bro. So that's our problem, man, as a people. It's like, what do we, what do, how do we really view life? If we just view life as, that's why I say with black culture, bro, like we make room for so many things that ain't even the root of the problem. We act like so many things are a skin problem. Yeah. And it's really a sin problem. So we'll act like, man, I'm dedicating my whole life to fighting against racism. That's cool, because racism is a problem. But racism even has a root. And if we get to that root, it's ultimately evil. It's hatred. It's sin that we should be fighting against. And if you're going to fight against other people's sin, then you got to be willing to confront your own sins. Mm. D1, D I want to talk to you, because you talked about the black culture. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about dating in the black culture. Oh, boy. Now, I think casual dating, just in general, when it comes to the West, Western culture, is... That's what everybody does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have white communities that I'm a part of and Mm -hmm. I have black communities that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. A lot of the white communities that I'm a part of, lots of couples, lots of fiancés, engagements, lots of marriages, young couples. And the black communities I'm a part of, it's all every every community is I'm single, ready to mingle. So I'm just very curious from your perspective as a Christian, you know, a Christian single. Is there any room for casual dating or should dating only be intentional? Dating should be intentional or you should just not date until you're ready to be intentional. Because like casual dating, it depends on what your boundaries are. Once again, what's the North Star? If the North Star is the word of God, then yeah, casually date, but just don't have sex. Mm. Are you willing to do that? Are we willing to casually date and not? And look, and I'm talking this talk, bro. I'm not a virgin, you know what I'm saying? I have fornicated, like I, I'm, you know, it's not something I glorify. It's something that 
doing having sex out of wedlock then leads to where it's like, oh, this is something that's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's something you've had a taste of. And now it can be tough to uh to to eradicate that from your system. You know what I mean? I'm saying all of this, but ultimately it's like we get comfortable in our sins. And that's the issue, bro. So casually dating can be cool, but if casually dating implies that, oh no, but I want all of the, I want all of the perks of of marriage, of what's supposed to be reserved for marriage. I wanna, I wanna uh, be able to have sex. I wanna be able to, we have kids together. Like we wanna basically do life with everything except for the title of marriage. Now it's like, dang, we have commandeered dating and turned it into what we want. You know what? Mm. What we struggle with is discipline below the waist, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Selective discipline below the waist. Because we wipe ourselves after we pull. Do we or do we not? Yeah. We make sure that we don't pee on ourselves. I got to use the bathroom right now, but I know how to hold it. Mm-hmm. That's discipline below the waist. <laughs> Selective discipline below the waist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't come out the womb, you heard me, with my mama uh, just, and, and I automatically knew like, oh, it's about that time. I, <laughs> I, I had to get potty trained. Right, right. But we won't say, oh, I got to get potty trained and I got to get sexually trained to have discipline. We don't want to talk about sexual discipline in our community. I, mm. I, and this is the thing, man. I'm, and the reason I ask that is because I myself casually date. Mm-hmm. And uh, we recently opened up the calls to speak to me and Tyshawn to the, our audience members. And I'm talking to these women and these men. And the trauma that many of them have experienced is, is unreal. Like, I just could not imagine a 15-minute call turn to a 45-minute call about these types of problems. But one of the common denominators uh, with these these issues, I was talking to Tyshawn about this, is all of the trauma starts from an unintentional relationship. We were just dating. We were just hanging out. Then two nights a week turns to four nights a week. Now we're moving in together. We're moving in together, never really had a conversation. Now I see these abusive tendencies. These abusive tendencies actually manifest into abuse. Now I'm having trouble because I've never communicated this to my family because this was just supposed to be a casual relationship. Mm. And now I'm in a situation where I have no idea how to get out of it. So I even started to grow a lot more empathy for women in particular because I'm like a lot of these women, because and it's so crazy because I even realize a lot of the messages that I've been feeding because the only thing you think about women is because is what's been put out there. They're taking advantage of you. They want to take care of their illegitimate kids. They want you to, they want to take your money. They want to do all these things. And for the majority of the women I've been speaking to, they just want love and companionship, but they've been hurt so bad because they initiated or took a, a, a major role in this casual mm. dating relationship. Mm. So my question for you is if it is a woman out there that is now healed, Right. Or a woman who is kind of on the fence about dating somebody casually because they are confused about where it may go. How can they curb those appetites for casual dating and instead put themselves in position to identify a Christian man or a man of high character and values Mm -hmm. that is intentional? Like, how can they find the men that are intentionally dating? Well, you got to frequent those places where you feel like those men would be. So one would be the church. I can see people now. Not everybody in the you're right. Not everybody, not everybody <laughs> not in the church, church right. is of that mindset to where they're trying to be intentional about dating or to where they know what they want yet. But I'm just saying, put yourself, if you wanted to get a job, you would put yourself on websites where they are hiring people, 
or whether they're taking job applications. You know what I'm saying? The more, if you want to get a house, you know, from being a homeowner, I know that you got to go and be in the places where houses are for sale. The type of houses that you want, not just any houses, the type of houses that you want. I think that a lot of women who are dealing with a lot of trauma just want love. And oftentimes that love can come in the form of someone who isn't all the way capable of being a long-term spouse, but they could give you some temporary love. Mm. And so you get attracted to that because it still looks and feels and front faces like love. So a lot of women are willing to put up with that temporarily. You know what I mean? And I agree with that because as a man casually dating, the reciprocation is nine times out of 10 sex, mm-hmm. right? It's time, investment, sex. Mm-hmm. But for a woman casually dating, I don't think that's the, I think it's love. Mm-hmm. I think they're just okay with accepting temporary love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where kind of things get very confused and mixed up. So the, so the, the scary part is this. I'm on, I'm on the same page as you, brother, 100%. But I think now what we're seeing is this hyper-masculine uh, tendencies mm-hmm. that we are seeing come out uh, in women. And specifically in hip-hop culture, you've put a big amplifone, you know, uh, an amplifier and a megaphone to a lot of women's mouths who are able to make music that positions them in the space of like, no, I'm actually the one. Girls are players too, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm actually the one who... Got dudes, they're not smashing me. I'm smashing them, you know what I mean? And I got a roster in the lineup, and if he ain't giving me the money I want, then on to the next. You got to have a big bank to get this, da-da-da. And so now it may come from a place of trauma initially, but once again, there's narration and there's glorification. So instead of narrating that trauma, we got a lot of artists now who are being incentivized to glorify the perpetuation of that trauma mm-hmm. into saying, now we're going to be just as toxic as the, as the men that were being uh, you know, toxic towards us. Wow. And that's the problem is now you got toxic men that have bred toxic women. And now everybody is like, well, wait, I can get paid off for being toxic? Because now we got an audience for being toxic. We got a worldwide audience for being toxic. You got men and women that, like, toxicity is incentivized now. Right, right. And now you got a few people that are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Come on. We got to think about what's best for humanity, and that's not what's best. And then you get called a hater if it's like, well, nah, let Lotto act like she giving somebody head on stage. And let Janelle Monet and let, uh, and let me Megan Thee Stallion have a twerk fest and all this. Let Cardi be however be however she wants, you know, all that type of stuff. And it's like, no, it's not cool when it's coming from the women or from the men. And who, I mean, who going to do the work? Where God's people at, man? Like, who going to be the, like, you got the people that narrate the problem. You got people that's going to glorify. And then you got the people that's going to educate and fight. And I'm an educator and a fighter. That's all I ever been. And see, the, you, know, you know, what's interesting, man, because a lot of those women, I would think of those women as, as non-traditional women who yeah, put themselves in that position where they want to now play that role. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, man, the more and more I speak to women, women all generally want the same type of brother. They want a brother that's going to be faithful to them. Okay. That's going to be mono- in a monogamous relationship with mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. them only, have mm-hmm. eyes and love for them and them only, a man of principle, a man of character, a man not looking to go outside of her to seek new families or relationships or love. Mm. And generally what they start to describe is a traditional man. Right. But when I, I, I talk to a lot of these women and I look at them, 
whether it's they social media pages, they got them overly sensualized pages where they might be having they body showing mm-hmm. or just in general, they not really grounded in any spiritual or principled belief systems themselves. Mm-mm. When you look at them, they're more on the non-traditional end, but crave a traditional man. Is it possible for a woman who's non-traditional to be able to realistically attract and keep a traditional man? If that man is weak, yes. Mm. You can find you a weak traditional man if you're a non-traditional woman. And he will say, all good. Like, wear whatever you want, baby. Because I've never had someone who looks as good as you before. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to be great when we go out in public yeah. together. This yeah. is going to give me cool points with the guys in the group chat. You know what I mean? Like, you got dudes like that. Um, and and it sucks. And so a lot of the women who, like... Uh, like they'll talk, uh, should I say people's names or not? I'm just, you know. This I'm, only initiated, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. only initiated. Like, like, you got, like okay, too. okay, 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 okay. Just for clarity, I'm not talking about this brother as a person because I ain't never met him personally, but I have seen some women heralding Russell Wilson mm-hmm. as like, that's a secure man right there. Look, yeah. he lets Sierra wear whatever she want. And look at him. He just looking on in admiration. And he's like, yeah, girl, you look good. That's uh-huh. my woman. And she could wear whatever she want out in public. You got women who want to champion someone like that, you know? And I think that's problematic when you're not even in that relationship, but you want to champion something like that. You don't know if that man is, is down for that, truthfully. And even if he is down for that, I don't think that that is... Um, uh, the right way for uh, a husband to feel about his wife and what she is wearing out in public and y'all got kids and all that type of stuff. No, I don't feel that. You got a lot of women who want to champion uh, Cardi B selectively. You know, when Cardi B is on her is on her tip where somebody I, somebody was tweeting earlier today, I love uh, lesbian Cardi B. You know what I mean? Like her, her, her lyrics, they'd be like lesbian type lyrics, cool. But then them same women, when Offset is cheating on her, them same women, they don't want to be down for that because, like you said, they want a traditional man. Right. It's selective outrage, bro. Just give your life to God, man. Stop playing, y'all. Like, like stop. Like, all this, the, the black culture stuff, the hip-hop culture stuff, just stop, man. Like, there's no, there's no North Star that's immovable, that's solid enough to where it's going to make sense. Just, like, give your life to God so you can have some, because y'all just out here searching. And the problem is some people get some money, so they're like, well, I'm paid, so that must validate my ways or, or the way I think or whatever. No, just because you paid, that money can be used and like the devil could be like, oh, that's all it takes to, to get you to continue living crazily. Here, take more and more and more money. You know, the devil can bless you, too. Hmm. The devil can reward you for your behavior, too. And your behavior that is not righteous and not of God, the devil will be like, bet I'm going to reward you because I want to incentivize you to keep doing that. And now the more that I reward you, the less that you're trying to hear from people who telling you anything different. You just want to call them a hater. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm in such a strategic position, man. I'm thankful God put me here to where I'm good financially. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need nobody's bread. I'm all the way good. I don't need nobody's clout. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't one of them not cool dudes my whole life, and now I'm still just trying to get... I've been cool, man. I've been that dude. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that. It ain't... Like, I don't need that, bro. I don't need none of that. I can call a spade a spade, and not many people in society... Or in a position to call a spade a spade, but also 
have cultural relevance to call a spade a spade. And I am a rapper. I just performed at the same festival Megan Thee Stallion was doing a twerk fest on. Wow. Essence Fest. I was right there performing, you heard me, on another stage. So it's like, yeah, bro, like, like we don't have people that are willing to do that, and we just all get caught up in all this. You got all these men that's just traumatized, bro, that's just like, oh, uh, I guess... I, I guess I'm just supposed to be with all these women. Like, that's temporary pleasure. And we are all men who have experienced that temporary pleasure. But it's like, at a certain point, man, like, where are we trying to get to? You know, I know you said, like, you casually dating. It's one thing if that's the lifelong goal. Right. That's one conversation. It's another thing if it's like, yo, ultimately I want to be married. I had to ask myself this. I go through this in real time. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you trying to ultimately work towards, D? Because you got to take yourself out the matrix. The matrix is, I got 10 DMs right now, and they all bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. The matrix is, every show or speaking engagement I do, like, it's there. The matrix is, you see that explode page, you heard me? Like, as soon as I just log on to an app. That's the matrix, but you got to take yourself out the matrix, you understand me? So that you could say, where am I ultimately trying to get? Because the matrix will not even allow you to think in a sober-minded way. So... Women, men, we got to ask ourselves, where are we trying to get? That's why I appreciate this podcast for even uh, posing the question of like, well, how do women find a God-fearing man and, and where do they find them at and whatnot? But are you a God-fearing woman first? You know, mm-hmm. say what you want about Kevin Samuels, but he held women accountable mm-hmm. in a way that they didn't like accountability. They took that accountability like it was an attack mm-hmm. to where it's like, you want a man who making this much, who this tall, who ain't got no kids. And all he was saying is, well, ma'am, um, how old are you? Okay, you 41? You got any kids? Yeah, I got three. Oh, okay. How much you weigh? What's your dress size? Oh, I weigh 240 pounds. Oh, okay. Oh, so, ma'am, based on everything you just said <laughs> and the type of dude that you want, that don't go. It don't make that sense. That just don't go. You heard me? That's water and earl. Like, it, it, don't, it don't mix. So let me ask you this then. And uh, shout out to the YouTube members, by the way, because we had a young lady just joined the membership last week, Nicole. She asked this question in live, and I think it's a really good question to ask you. Um... What qualities in a woman are you looking for? Mm. And not to say that any of y'all can can get this man. I'm mean, more so asking you the perspective of a noble Christian man, single yeah. man. Like, yeah. what what are the typical qualities that somebody like you might be looking for in a woman? Sexy, sophisticated, and then the most important one, spiritual. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's range right there. Is that required? Is that required spirituality for a long-term relationship? Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't marry somebody if they wasn't wasn't a Christian, specifically. What about the women? Okay, so... They're spiritual, the ones who worship yeah. the eye in yeah. the middle of the head, yeah. and the word, the ones who worship the the the, the vibration. Yeah. They, they vibrate high in the chakras and all that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's for somebody. That's just not for David. You hear me? Okay, that's okay. not for D one. That's a, man. We gotta have an episode about that and have you on with that one. Oh please, but, I, I I demand being on that episode okay, because okay. because because you said a lot with that one. Right I, well, now. I'm about to, I'm about to tell you. I had somebody. Uh, you know, I had somebody who I was once um involved with who told me that the reason why she didn't want to move forward any further with me was because I was Christian and she just identified as being spiritual. And she was standing on that. She was like, I want someone who is on the same stuff I'm on. And we had chemistry and synergy in multiple other areas. You know what I'm saying? But she said that was the deal breaker for her. But to be honest, remember when we was at the coffee shop that time, Ryan, and we was talking to me on ladies. 
literally they were free we literally had a young lady she was hard on and she was like i do not want no religious man yep yeah she said i do not want she and then she went hard especially a christian man i don't want that and you know under it all under it all i think it's this level of accountability that you will be held to if you have to deal with the man like that, or, or just in general, if you have to live under the laws mm. of any religion, because what I find is just keeping it 1000 with, with, with my ladies that spiritual, this rebellion and this want for freedom has taken them into a place where now they have not regrounded themselves onto any principle. So now that's the thing. The beauty of the beauty of religion is just period. What I see is that it gives you a structure. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you order. Yeah. And it gives you something you have to submit to in order to be successful. Whereas if you rebel and you now are free, you now have no accountability or have nothing that you truly need to hold that can hold you accountable. And it's just playtime. So the thing about it is when, when she was... I'm talking about staunchly against yeah. this type of man. I still saw like this almost lust for this freedom and rebellion against that order and accountability. But that already to me just deemed her to be massively unqualified, like mm. massively as a woman who is unqualified to be in a long term relationship with, well, in my opinion. I mean, can there be a balance between devotion and individuality? Devotion. Oh, and there has to be. There has to be. So being led does not mean being owned. Mm. You know? So the individuality is still imperative. Like, I don't want someone who doesn't have their own identity. Someone who I'm like, wow, your perspectives, like, intrigue me. You know, your, your life experiences intrigue me. Like, I'm excited to be able to add to, add to who I already am as a person. I don't want to own you. I want to lead you. If I can't lead you, then I don't need you. Mm. Wow, we do we doing a whole live on just that. Yeah. I'm gonna have a whole. Oh, we wow. gonna have a whole board of this. My wow. spiritual sisters there. Oh yeah, no, I want all the chakras. I, I want, want all the chakras. I want the sage. Burning. I want the sage. And we could do it in person. You heard me? Like I don't care. We could do it, or they could be virtual. I need all that because I I didn't see all that. And my thing is this. I've learned this about my brand and about my personality. Like I want people to know that I'm a man of God. You know, first of all, like. Like you said, sometimes my character even precedes my skill set or my accomplishments. You know what I mean? Um, I want people to know when it comes to rapping, like I'm a top tier rapper. You heard me? I'm a Hall of Famer. I rap with the best of them. I got all the accomplishments, all the millions and millions and millions of streams, all the tours, all the accolades, all that stuff. That's cool. But when it comes to like what people think of when they think of me, I realize that a lot of people just be like, because I just got a... honored by the Senate in Louisiana. They just gave me a personal resolution, resolution number 180-something. Like, officially, like, we proclaim that David D1 Augustine is this and da-da-da-da-da. And the governor just appointed me. I'm the first rapper in Louisiana history. The governor appointed me to the Louisiana Success Council for Black Men and Boys. And, you know, I'm at Harvard and all this. Like, so what a lot of people see when they think of me or, or know of me from a distance is... Real positive dude, real educated dude, man of God. But man of God can mean a lot of things. Man of God could mean I believe in God, but I also believe that I am a God. I'm not a God. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe all that we are all gods. No, there's one God, 
He's the creator of the universe. So when you talk about the universe, if the universe is your God, if that's the top tier, we're not on the same page on that level. So I can be friends with people who Muslim, who atheists, who may not have uh, the same beliefs as me. I can be friends. I can communicate with people. But to become one in marriage with someone, we have to be on the same page spiritually. So, so all these women that are spiritual, what I've realized is when it come to me, a lot of times they think I'm one of them at first. Because mm. they like, oh, he got the locks and he seemed kind of like Afrocentric and this type <laughs> of stuff. And that's cool. And he woke, he conscious, he's smart, he's all that. But that's cool. And I could be friends with you. And I've had a lot of experiences, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and respect for women like that. And they're doing amazing work in the world. But when you're talking about the woman who you want to spend the rest of your life with, I know that we have to be on the same page. So I don't want to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, I don't, uh, I don't want to be. And a lot of men who ain't never had an attractive woman before or never had somebody that's sexy, sophisticated, and spiritual, they will make concessions. We're all going to have to make some concessions in what we ultimately settle down with. Mm -hmm. But they'll make concessions on the big things, the big areas where it's like, bro, you concede in them areas. Some people we talked about off camera. That's the Mr. Nice Guys. That's the Mr. Nice Guys that's just like, man, I know deep down that me and this person ain't all the way on the same page and in some deep, serious areas, but I'm going to make that concession and hopefully I could change her. You know what I mean? And a lot of, the only men that try to do that are the men that feel like, man, like she the prize. And it's like, no, we the prize. You know what I'm saying? Like we both the prize. You got to revere your woman and look at her as like great but if your woman don't look up to you that relationship is gonna fail absolutely mm -hmm. if your woman don't admire you if she feel like i'm either on your level or i'm even past you you heard me like i don't look up to my man there will be a man that she does look up to mm -hmm. one day and she would definitely be more have fomo of fear of that she missed out on that type of guy yeah mm -hmm. you better believe that so make sure that you get with someone who you can lead. In order for you to lead someone, then they got to feel like they admire you and they look up to you. And every woman is just not going to look up to you and admire you. I remember talking to someone. This was years ago. I remember talking to someone and she rocked with me on every level. But I just know that because of what she was looking at and because of what she had had her eyes set on, that she looked at me as someone who was like, I can't say nothing bad about this dude, but I just don't all the way look up to him. And it's because of the position that she held. She wanted Drake. Mm. So she, there you go. I mean, that, no, basically, yeah. basically somebody, they tell me I look like J. Cole a lot. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think me and Cole look alike, but basically it's nah. like, oh, D1, like, yeah, I can't say nothing bad, but oh, if this was like a J. Cole or a Drake or something, oh yeah, say less. All the things that you having to fight with me on, D, and convince me of in terms of how I should be in a relationship, I would be doing it hands down if it was them. And that, and that's the one you don't want. That's the one you don't want. But I don't know if all men uh, are strong enough to accept that. Especially, especially when physically she might be a ten in your eyes. Yep. that's yep. what it is. And, and you the dude, never had it. And the dude, be, and you ain't never had it. You know what I'm saying? So that's when that compromise start to kick in. Ooh, that that, con that conceding yeah. start man. to happen. It, okay, so is there ever, is there ever a time in a man or woman's life where it could be healthy to sacrifice some level of? Personal happiness for the long term relationship. Personal happiness, absolutely. Um, 
because happiness is fleeting. Mm. Happiness comes and goes. So for the sake of the long-term relationship, I mean, as a man, once again, I, I talked about um, discipline below the waist. It's going to always make you happy to, <laughs> to be pleased below the waist. That's a good point. Always. But you have to get to the point where you have enough discipline to say that I'm willing to sacrifice that temporary pleasure and that temporary happiness for the sake of long-term fulfillment, which will be with one person. Because no one is going to be fulfilled long-term, growing old by themselves with a bunch of people who just want them because of their money. Hugh Hefner not happy, man. I don't care if he smile when he when the cameras come on. Like, I don't care. A lot of these people, bro, they they not they not happy. And I just... I don't want to be like that, bro. And I don't want, I don't want a lot of my brothers. I'm speaking to the brothers when I say this. Like, I don't want the brothers to end up like that because we living in this pipe dream of just, dang, I'm in demand, you know? Right. So I want to go where the where the, where the demand is. And, and it takes discipline and sacrifice. Once again, we discipline ourselves below the waist when we deem it necessary. So when it comes, we do not urinate on ourselves. We do not poo on ourselves we don't do this stuff because we have discipline there because society deems it as oh that ain't that ain't acceptable behavior you can't control your bowels you can't control yourself below the waist but society and hip-hop culture applauds a lack of restraint and a lack of discipline below the waist in the area of sex wow you man, look, I, I know we gotta come to an end, but like, pause. <laughs> no, y'all got me feeling like Cameron and Mace. He said, Come to an end. I'm like, Pause. Look, I want to go back early, and I didn't forget this, man. You mentioned that one of the things that helped you to to change your life and to, and to really put yourself in a positive direction was growing up in a household with a mother and a father. But you specifically said a black man and a black woman. I knew you was about to say that. Yeah. That's so my question for you is, is your, this is a personal question. Is that important to you to build a long-term relationship and family with specifically with a black woman? And if so, why, why so? I will personally build a family and a lifetime with a black woman. Yes. I will, I will personally do that. Uh, Dr. Umar might get mad at me saying this, but I don't feel like if someone wants to marry outside of their race or procreate outside of their race, I don't feel like that person is not, uh, shouldn't be granted that right. Mm. I think that's on them. Mm. But me personally, for, for reasons that, that we have stated, you okay. know, which is like, I do think, first of all, I'm just attracted to black women. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> like for real, like it's not something where I'm looking at black women and I'm seeing trauma. I'm looking at a black woman. And I'm seeing my mama. You know, and that's a queen right there. I'm seeing my grandma, you heard me? That's a queen right there. So, yes, it would definitely be a black woman for me. But if someone wanted to, I, it's funny you asked me that because I was going to ask, specifically ask you that earlier. Not for any reason, but I think okay, I was, I was okay, looking good. your way. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Not that I'm like, oh, I can tell who like the I white like, girls. You see me. You yeah, see me. I, you I, I, I can tell who like the white girls. Nah. But, <laughs> but uh, I was going to ask you that, bro. It's like, uh, and I guess even both of y'all, like, how y'all feel on that topic? Because I don't feel like uh, we shouldn't be given that, that that right if that's what we want. Um, is someone outside of our race, comma, but I know that I will be with someone that is black and in my race. It's tricky, man, because, you know, I'm casually dating. So, you know, if I 
interested in the chick for various reasons, physical attraction, the, her energy, you know, the way she treats me, kind of the intellectual conversation. There's many factors go into it. So now I'm willing to try different things. But thinking about long term, it is very difficult for me to, to imagine myself with a woman that is outside of my race, you know, and the further, you know, because this thing is black, Latin, Asian, white, the further it gets away from black is like the more unlikely it is. And right now I'm actually trying to figure out why that is, you know, I'm, I'm just really trying to figure that out. I know one aspect of it is the societal stigma that comes with it. Like, so you're I, a celebrity now. So now you like, dang, if I probably with a white girl, horrible, on the brand. For the brand. horrible for the brand, horrible for the brand, bro. He, he being real right I'm, now. I'm, yeah. I'm always keeping it real. It's horrible for the brand. Now, even if I didn't have this platform, it still would be issues with family, friends, all the things that I like and enjoy is black. So on the inside of the decor of me, I'm, th- I'm still apprehensive about this woman because I'm like, why is she so interested in black? Because everything that we do is going to be black. So now I'm like, why are you so interested in this? So I think those are some aspects that make me uncomfortable. And then also, I just love black women as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I didn't even know because I went to, we both went to Eastside High Schools. And, you know, it's different types of people, but I don't really know the ranges of black women till I went to Howard University's homecoming. That's when I really saw, oh, black women different. It's mm-hmm. all types. It's, it's all types of interests, all types of sizes, all types of colors and complexions and things like that. So I think for those three reasons, between the social stigma, the brand, and also just my general fascination and, and love for black women, I think it makes it very difficult. Um, but, you know, I haven't, you know, who knows? If I find, a, I mean, yeah, it's just highly unlikely. I mean, Bro, she would have to be a hell of a woman. For yeah. me to, to, I, I to, think I think you just disqualified yourself from ever being with a white woman because cause she gonna look at this show and she's gonna <laughs> and she gonna and she gonna be like, you clearly said that it's all these black women and all these shapes and right, sizes right, right, and right. da da da. I love I love I love all women, don't yeah. get me wrong. But um but like I said, I'm just being real. It'd be very right, but difficult. See, that's, I mean that's that's the situation anyway, because I feel like even I've only been white women casually, and only like one or two max. And the thing about it is it's like even when I've dealt with them, I don't even think their expectations were I want to be with him long term. Okay, point. like it was always it was I feel like it was always fetishized, fetishized like each other. Mm. So like I think they got the same concerns that we got mm. on their end. They don't want to deal with the shit coming from society. Mm. They don't want to deal with all the differences that come with it, mm. unless unless ri- it's worth the risk. And with the guy, if she's bad enough, I'll deal with it. With the woman, if he's rich if enough, if he's rich enough, I'll, I'll deal, deal with it. it. You're absolutely. absolutely right. I so I fall in the middle of what I think white women are attracted to. I don't think white women are really like heavily into a guy like myself because when it comes to the fantasy and the fetish side, I think with white women they're like, hey, I either want the black guy that is like. Kodak black, you black. know what I'm saying? I'm talking black. blackity black, like blackity black, not even just complexion, but the stereotypical, he's a gangster and oh my gosh, he's got we're, an edge to we're him. trapping. Yeah. yeah, like like all that stuff. I think they either want that for the fetish mm-hmm. or they want the black dude that they feel like he's black, but like we he's kind of like one of us. He's right. a you know, he he one of them he's ones. The corporate black, like the He's yeah. that. Hey, and I morning. think I, and I think I fall in the middle of both of those. I think it's like, "Oh, 
He ain't out here, you know, drilling and trapping, you know what I'm saying? But he also, he's an urban dude. Like, he's not a suburban type of You forgot one. Dude. Yeah. The rich black. <laughs> oh, the rich black. But it's different. It's NFL it's, draft, yeah. Yeah. But, okay. but, but it's different because don't get me wrong because I don't want to generalize all, you know, outs, you know, women outside of the race because some women do generally grow up like they may be groomed to culturally. Mm-hmm. Be amongst like they elementary, middle school, high school, friends, everything was black. Mm. So that I think that can be a little different. True. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it it, it depends on where you grew up. And it does. It, it, because like we didn't grow up like you, you didn't none of us we didn't grow up in diverse areas. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like we didn't grow up in diverse. It was all black. So the only people we saw going to our schools was white people going through some shit. But you know what's crazy? Let me tell you what's crazy. Let me tell you what's crazy. <laughs> we got a, shout out to uh, I don't even want to say her name. I I probably can, but I don't want to say her name. She's a we got a YouTube member. She's dope. One of the ladies I spoke to. She's Filipino, and she dates, been married for 20-some-odd years with her black husband, got these mixed babies. And I asked her on the phone, because she talked about watching our, our show about interracial dating outside your race, and I asked her, I said, you know what kind of hell that you caught from being a Philippine, Filipino woman dating this black man? I said, but I'm very curious, with your son, you got a black and Filipino son right now, would you be okay with him bringing a white woman home? And it was uh, absolutely not. Wow. And it blew my mind. She says, Ryan, I know that's wrong. Mm. But she was just like, I still can't have it. And she's like, all this hell I caught mm. from being a Filipino woman, married, loving on a black man. Mm. And I still am not open to my son marrying. Yeah, marrying a, or being the interracial wrong. dating conversation is a very tricky conversation when it comes to people's biases. preferences. Yeah. Yeah. Biases. And, 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 bro, there's no we, logic to it. Shouldn't we be allowed to have preferences? I mean, you 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 should be allowed to have preferences. I think where it comes, it's just is is bias is always just offensive to people by nature. Mm. It's just always if my bias and your bias is not aligned, it's just going to be offensive regardless. It if, is offensive, yeah. If I, well, my mom has always told me straight up, you better not bring a white woman home, and I I don't see myself ever marrying a white woman. Period. And I don't even think my mom saying that really had the influence of it. Because my mom told me not to deal with certain women that I've probably dealt with anyway. But this is just in general, I think that's just a, a bias maybe culturally and me understanding the world that I personally just don't want to deal with. Because yeah. first of all, bro, relationships is hard. It's hard enough to just deal with a black woman with a black itself. It's hard enough. I ain't trying to stack. The level of difficulty, difficulty on on top of it, because we already gonna have enough to fight, it, you know, with itself. I don't want to have to fight the world as well. It's man. very interesting, man. The conversation, um, and you know, just something I'm I'm looking to explore. Like, what does that mean about love and and culture and these your upbringing, all these different things? Yeah. Do you do you like you Christian dude? Yeah. You believe in a soulmate at all? No. Okay. No, I used to believe in the concept of the one, you okay. know, and that there was this one person who we were destined to be with, and life was all about the pursuit of finding the one. But I totally believe that love is a decision at this point that two people make. You decide to love this person. They decide to love you, and y'all decide to do the work necessary. So that's how I feel, you know. When it comes to the... uh the dating and the racial stuff and, and all that and, and yeah, I got some stuff, man. I look forward to talking about it uh one day. It ain't it ain't I'm not in a personal place to, you know, even all the way talk about certain stuff yet, but there's things, you know, I come from New Orleans, man, where um there's this phenomenon called passe blanc to where a lot of people that are light skinned like myself end up uh passing for white, you know. 
Because if you're light enough, especially back in the days, it was like, hey, you could circumvent racism altogether if you just passed for white and you lived your whole life as a white person. Right. You know? So in my family, like there's there's uh, I don't wanna call it trauma. I think that word is, you know, um overused sometimes. But there's issues. There's issues because some of my family members have like disowned, you know, other family members of mine because they choose to live as white, knowing that like they really are black, you right. know, and and it's led to, you know, stuff even just about my past and about my history and stuff that I'm like, dang, I got to really um, reconcile with some things personally. And there's a time and a space for that. I look forward to speaking about that stuff um, uh, when the time is right. And the time will be right soon, actually. We're going to get D1 back, man. Yeah. First how, get... much, how much we got to pay for that intro? A little 15-second hey. intro <laughs> intro uh, rap for Harlem this shit. Yeah, oh, we can talk about that after. Yeah, we just, you know, talk to my people, man. Right. But that, hey. Like, hey, this is like good for the culture, for the bro, culture, y'all. Yeah, cause y'all, y'all, man. We we touching on some topics with the with the spirituality and and the uh, the sage. You know, the the I call it the grand rising king audience <laughs> versus the versus the Christian audience. A lot of times, you know, what I'm saying the grand rising king audience, like that's. That's that's a thing to where a lot of times they don't want somebody that's Christian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, they they don't. don't. And I mean, why would they? I, I I'm not mad at them for that. Like why why would they want that? You know. But when you're trying to get somebody to change from how they naturally are or where they are as an adult in life, that's just the part where you got to be prepared for the tension that can come along with. Um, trying to get someone to change from who they have already settled into being as an adult, you know? So we got we to gotta ask ourselves that a lot of divorces that you see happen is just because, man, I ain't going to say no names, but close friend of mine just got a divorce because uh, they knew that they were on a... They knew that them and their spouse were on different pages about wanting to have kids, right? Their spouse ended up saying, hey, to be with you... You know what? I thought about it. I ain't tripping on having kids. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not tripping on it anymore because I know you don't want any more kids. But deep down, that person knew that at the core of who they were, they wanted kids. Wow. Mm. Once the newness and the wow factor, you know, kind of wows, uh, like, uh, kind of rubs off about the marriage, that person reverted back to who they naturally were, which is a human being who wants kids. Right. And now you're in a marriage with somebody who clearly, they ain't changed from day one. They don't want kids. And now you do, but y'all are married. And now y'all had to get a divorce. That's tough, bro. That is tough. That's tough, bro. Real quick, because I feel like we're getting near that time. Y'all both want to be married eventually? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. Uh, is it a matter of having not found the right person yet? Or is it a matter of some self-work needing to be done? That's A, that's B. Or is it C, I just got some more experiences I want to have casually dating. It's you all know? three. <laughs> it's all three. <laughs> that ain't an option, bro. Okay, that's option D. All of the above. So, so, all right. Man, let me tell you, the mm. beauty of me being able to have this platform, man, and talking to these married brothers on a consistent basis is I see what really comes with that title. I see why this marriage, I see why this marriage is failing, bro. Like at the, at the rate it's failing, these brothers don't know the scope of work that it takes and the type of man you need to be able to lead, support, and grow a family for the rest of your life with one woman who's watching your ass all day long, all day and night, watching your development, knows your flaws, your weaknesses, everything about you, and still has to be able to submit to you mm. over time. 
like to to be able to be that man it definitely does take a level of work and an investment into yourself that i don't think most men put in during marriage and on top of that i don't think even most men develop that side of themselves that husband side that father side to continue to even be as dynamic to be that person qualified to lead the family in that way so Thankfully, because I have that level of understanding, bro, I know I got work to do. Okay. Like, I understand okay. that I got work. So it's not even about finding the right woman, because if you're not the right man yet, there is no right woman. Dead. So that's the, I can't. So I can't even say it ain't the right woman yet, because, bro, I met my life. I don't have a problem attracting women and even attracting great women. I attract mm-hmm. great women regularly. Yeah. And the thing about it is, it's like, once I, the, the better of a man you become, the, the larger... The, the flock of women you qualify to lead mm. is. Mm. It was even easier to find a great woman once you're really a great man mm. at that point. Too so, many options, too. That's what a lot of men suffer from is you become that great man, and now you look, and your eyes open up, and you're like, man, look at all these options I got. And you it's don't like, know their motivations either. And you don't know their motivations, but like when you go in Baskin-Robbins, like it, it takes real skill and discipline to be able to be like they got thirty one flavors, but I want that one right there. Right. I, and I, I, I have no FOMO. I ain't even tripping on the other thirty. You heard me? I want that one right there. That's that could be tough when it's like, bro. I just like ice cream, bro. Like technically, <laughs> about twenty five of these mugs are probably be real. Let me, let, me, let me tell you, D one though. Every time that conversation come up, I always say, if I gotta pick some problems in life. If having too many goddamn women to choose from is one, is a problem. I take you. <laughs> Give me that problem. Right. All right. Right. But right now, though, on a on a serious note, because that was a great question, it's the self work. That's where you at. Self work. Where you at, bro? Where you at? Bro? Um, man, it's you crazy. just enjoying these streets. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Actually, you know, it, it's it's really it's self work. I would say it's self work. I mean, I am having a good time, you know, as well. But um, you know, as I find myself busier which we work very hard to get busy. And as I find myself more engaged into my work, I'm actually now realizing how important it is or how dope it would be to have, you know, a woman, you know, because the thing is, like, I consider us good dudes. And when we spend time with these women, whether it's for a weekend or for a few days or whatever time, it's, even though I may enjoy the experience, it's still empty, though, because it's like I don't have anything that is built like nothing is being built not building there yeah you nothing know. is being built so it's like this work that i'm just, putting just in this thing knocked down a, <laughs> right, right the work that i'm putting wow. in the wow wow it's knocking down occurring yeah, right, 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 right. right but it's no and it's some billing occurring but it yeah, ain't no building it's no building, building. Yeah. it's no building. It's no mm. building so i mean casual dating don't get me wrong it has become less and less attractive uh over time and it's crazy in my mind it's like man as we get successful you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have these all these different options. And now that we're like, bro, we, we get solicited a lot. I get two to three messages like almost a day now from women, you know. And it's like now that I'm getting it, it's like, it's, it's like I kind of wanted less. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not as exciting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to figure out, well, what will excite me? Like what will motivate me? You know what I mean? And what, what areas of my life that if I had a woman that I can improve and improve her life. You know what I mean? So, what areas of life have you had a woman that you could improve? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. like like okay. how, like what areas of my life do I actually need, need a woman a, to 
fill the gaps for him. Bro, you know, um, I think it was uh, Fante from uh, the group Lil Brother. He had a ball back in the day. He said, I need a girl when I need a girl. And when I don't need a girl, I need a girl that understands that. Mm. I was like, ooh, I, I related to that yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And what I realized is this, though, man. Now I've grown a little more mature and I realized this, bro. We also got to be careful that we, when we're walking in our God-given purpose and we're doing the work that we were put on this earth to do and we're seeing success, we got to make sure that we don't love our work so much that it makes it to where we don't have the capacity to put in the work required to have a healthy relationship. That's a problem for me, bro. That's a problem for me because I find myself not being able to spend two, three consecutive days with the same woman. Not because I don't appreciate the woman, but because I realize, like, I come home and it's candles lit and it's the flowers up and the sexy mood. And I'm very appreciative. I'm like, it takes work to show appreciation. There you go. It's like, I really want to work right now, but I know you just put in so much effort to set everything up to make me feel comfortable at home and make sure I'm fed. And I know that I have to put in equal effort mm. to show you that I appreciate you. And I'm like battling in my mind. It's like, damn, like, mm. do I have enough capacity enough um endurance to continuously feed my woman mm -hmm. as as good as she's feeding me and it's not about like because because some women is like oh well you should want to do that naturally like yo it's nothing don't get me wrong it's not that you don't have the desire to but you really do have to train yourself to show this compassion and love and appreciation for important people in your life whether mm -hmm. it's your significant other your sister brother your mom and father and so i'm like man do i have the endurance to really keep this up and maintain a woman. So that's what I kind of struggle with now and figuring out how do I build myself up to be able to take on something this year as know, a relationship. I'm going to add to that too because what I realized too, I think a young man evolving into that space, you really have to like evolve your value system as mm. well too. Mm. Because the reality of the situation is we're going to just keep getting busier mm -hmm. and busy. We actually about as the least amount of busy as we ever going to be today. That's true. Good point. So the thing about it is we always will have the excuse to invest in business, to invest in these other things. So that excuse is only relative to what we value because I've, I know Ryan and myself, we value the hell out of business growth and, and the pursuit right. and of success. Mm. But that's... At the end of the day, that's material success. We're talking about actually growing and developing in our purpose. But family, actually developing the value system of family, when you really value family, you are 100% okay with in your mind accepting the fact that, hey, look, I'm not going to grow this anymore. This is going to be at a complete halt because this now is where I'm about to completely invest my time and my energy. But that's your values. Because if your values are not there, you're not even going to be able to be present all the way when you with a family or anything else outside of where you value. Dog. So, like, I'm really understanding you really do have to train yourself to now evolve and value these new things these new if that's things. really what you want. Because if you're new to success... You still getting the butterflies from like, oh, 90,000 subs, oh, 100,000 yep. subscribers, oh, I just got booked for this show, or I got booked on this homecoming for this college, or da da da. If you're new to success, and if you're still pursuing success and you're like on the cusp of it, and you're like, ah, I'm, I'm right there, it, it, it's, it's just a little further I gotta go, it's very hard for your values to be 
able to shift in that moment when you're in that pursuit of that success that you've wanted so bad or when you're just getting that success. Right. That's why I feel like two people who are both on the come up, who are both trying adamantly to get to that next level in their professional lives, it's very hard for them to be together because at that point, that is your main priority is that is that uh, that job or that career that you're trying to like get to elevate. That's your main priority. People talk about Jay-Z and Beyonce. They didn't get together when they were both trying to come up. They got together when it's Jay-Z is a bona fide star at that point. Along with having a level of success comes a level of stability. Mm. But when you're like, I'm on the cusp of success, or I got a little bit of success, but it's new to me, so I still want to relish in this. It's like moving to a new city. I just got to this city. I'm not trying to tie myself down to no tangible obligations. I'm trying to be free to explore. You know what I'm saying? That's That's how the world of success is. It's a whole new world of like, dang, I ain't got to work a nine to five no more. (laughs) Dang, I got this, I got that. I'm adjusting to that. So that's something to be conscious of because I think that when you have someone who is always like, look, I tell anybody, like, look, I'm going to always be that person that is striving for what's next. There's new music to record. There's new tours to do. There's new speaking. There's new books to put out. I got my first book dropping in August. It's a children's book. Yep, It's called David Found His Slingshot. And it's an anti-bullying book. You know, it's it's based on my real life. And it's it's super dope. There's always going to be, I'm at, you know, at Harvard. And I got another big announcement. I'm going to be a professor at this other university coming up this year. Um, Like, all this stuff... I'm going to constantly be reaching and searching for that. If I was with somebody who is on that same grind professionally and they prioritize because of their values, they prioritize their professional success on that same level. Two people like that, y'all are essentially just like roommates. Mm -hmm. Y'all are just people who y'all see each other in passing. Y'all are just people, you know, I want, I know that it helps to have balance. The title of my my last album I put out was, what second to last album was Finding Balance. That was the name of the album because it was all about me going through that transformation. I lost my grandmother. She passed away. That was my favorite girl in the whole world. And I, um, Mm -hmm. and COVID, you know, happened 2020 when the world got shut down it set me down and I, I went on this internal journey to figure out how to find more balance so I wasn't all about just professional accolades, but to where I value being able to spend time with my grandpa, being able to pour into my little nephew's lives, being able to create the capacity to have a relationship, a healthy relationship, you know, and I realized like, damn, I got some work and some reprioritizing to do on myself, you know? So like you said, you could be meeting wifeable women all day, but you could be like, it's me. Right. I'm the one that I'm I always likeable. say I'm easy to <laughs> like but hard to be with. You know, y'all can use that, but y'all can feel free to tell women that because that's real. I mean, that's a fact. You're easy to like, but you're hard Damn. to be with when it's like, man, like this lifestyle, like most of y'all, some of y'all ain't going to want this. The, the more you get into it oh, yeah. and you see how much I work and you see where a lot of my mental bandwidth is going towards, you know, in terms of ideas. I got to meet with my business partner. I got phone calls. I'm this. I can't always go on vacations just because and da, 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 da. Man, do you want to be with that? So it got to be a woman who, A, look up to you and admires what you do. Oh, I'm a fan of this podcast y'all got. Oh, I'm a fan of you, D1. I love that. And B, to where they see it as 
hey, this ain't just work that's making you money. Because after a while, even the money will get old to, to most women. They have to see it as, no, that is part of your God-given purpose. And one thing I don't want to do as a woman is come between a man and his God-given purpose. Mm. If anything, I want that. And I want to be a part of that. If your woman can't fit into your God-given purpose, then she don't need to be your woman. She's not the right one. She ain't the right one. If she feels like, oh, that's your purpose, but I ain't got nothing to do with that because I got this calling over here. If there's no overlap or no synergy, that's not going that's, that's, that's to be a fulfilling relationship to a man. Because what man wouldn't want to have his woman be able to add value to the mission that he's already on from God, add value in a way that doesn't make her a slave, but that makes her feel like, damn, I'm using my gifts too. I'm every, using my gifts. Every man wants that. And in using my gifts, I'm helping you, my man, to further his calling and add value to what he got going on. Some women, you just got to be like, hey, guess what, boo? My purpose just ain't big enough for, you know, for, for what you feel you were called to do. Mm. Like, that's what it is, and that's okay. Yep. But, but the yep. woman for you, she should look up to you, and she should be excited to be a part of your God-given purpose. That's all I ladies, got. Ladies, there you go. We're going to end it on that because, ladies, Bro, this was one for he both. just gave you. First of all, I don't know who got interviewed us or, got, or, or D1. <laughs> I mean, because this, this was just, I mean, man. D, hopefully, listen. Hopefully, we don't get broke up with. <laughs> man, man. You know, bro. You know, bro. Man, it's, let me tell you. First of all, man, D1, I appreciate you. Yeah, that it's was a good. a blessing to have you. This is definitely ain't going to be the last time we have you on the platform. Absolutely not. It's not going to be. We you got a home here at Harley Initiated. As right. a matter of fact, I want to make sure you let the people know where they can find you on social media, whatever you got coming up. This your time. To plug it in, let the people know. Man, y'all just keep up with me. You heard me? Follow me as I follow God. You feel me? I'm on all social media platforms at D1 Music. D-E-E, -E, the number one music. Come tap in with my journey and you'll see this amazing life I'm blessed to live and just try to add. I'm trying to add value to your world so you could be a better person. You feel me? On all uh, streaming platforms, my music, D1, D-E-E dash, the number one. My website, if you, you know, you're trying to get you some gear, some merch, some Mission Vision, Be Real, Be Righteous, Be Relevant merch, it's uh, missionvisionlifestyle.com. And that's me, yo. Uh, children's book coming out. Uh, David found his slingshot. That's dropping in August. The mm. and the most current album I have out is called God and Girls Two. God and Girls Part Two. And new album dropping in August called Uno. That stands for Underdogs and Outcasts. And that's what the whole album. Is he for. working. Yeah, he's like working. It, man. Like it. Yeah. man, I love it, man. D1, appreciate you again. Yeah. for coming on here and blessing the people. Facts. And listen, thank y'all again for making it all the way to this point. <laughs> All right, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to this channel because I know if you made it this far, you got some game, you got a transformation because I feel I'm even different before the podcast started myself. Wow. Agreed. Wow. Y'all wow. <laughs> inspire me, bro. Y'all, I'm sitting here listening to y'all and I'm like, this don't feel like the other interviews I'll be doing. I'm like, these dudes, these dudes pulling. I, I feel like I was saying some stuff in here that, Normally, I'd be like, oh, I can't say that in public. But then I get around <laughs> y'all, and I'm like, I just kind of feel like I'm talking with my boys. You heard me? So yeah. I'm going to start using my YouTube more because I got a lot of subscribers, but I barely be using it. But because of y'all, I'm like, it feel good to not just have IG videos for 60 seconds and to be able to get your rocks off like this. So I'm on YouTube, D1 Music, D-E-E, -E, the number one music. Y'all inspiring me right now. Bro. Yeah. Let's get it. That was a good power. Listen, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Hardly Initiated. We are out.